we say amazing things at funerals and we do amazing things at funerals, but we sometimes we don't do it in advance. And I think that that's something that's pretty powerful and I love the concept. I, I just, I can't even put into words how grateful I am for everything that she did for me. Oh my God, yes. I'm so glad you two did this. And you know, every day is not a guarantee. We are the call bearers of positivity. She knows her worth and her value, and she doesn't let anybody walk over that in any kind of way. I have behaved myself, I have done everything I'm supposed to, and it's still not enough. You're there. Like, there is nothing more to achieve. Like, right now, you are the person that you thought you wanted to be in your obituary. Like, you're already that woman. Y'all are amazing. I'm obsessed with the both of you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Welcome to Your Funeral, our bonus episode for the month of November. Uh, we are very aware that the holidays are coming up, so we want to be a little bit topical and a little bit helpful and talk about some of the stresses of the holiday season. I am Dr. Beth Savage. I am Dr. Virginia Silky. And we are your hosts. Of welcome to your funeral. Yes, absolutely. And disclaimer, we are not the kind of doctors that probably should be giving you holiday advice. Right. Um, but it sure does sound fancy. And if Dr. Phil and Dr. Laura can do it, so can we. That's right. Yes, please do not substitute this for advice from your therapist or advice from your doctor. And if you don't have a therapist, please get one. Um, but this is just us being your podcast buddies and talking you through some of the stuff that we all deal with at the holidays. So we've gotten some emails from folks who have I think really common kind of um, universal holiday struggles that they deal with. So we're going to address some of those questions today. I think we want to point out that we are a positive podcast. Oh, right. So we are absolutely a positive podcast, but not a toxically positive yes. podcast. We yep. do not expect everything to be roses and sunshine every day, all the time. And um, you don't have to act like it and you can still be a positive person and a person who's proud to be who you are. So you don't have to pretend that things are good when they're not. And that's why this episode is so necessary. Because a lot of times at holidays, things are not yeah. so good. Uh, and sometimes they are, right? Like people have lovely families and there's moments uh, that we all cherish. But there's also moments that we all want to pull our hair out or drink an extra bottle of wine or hide a bottle of wine somewhere that we can go find. Mm -hmm. um, not that I've done that. Or hide it from someone who we don't want to drink any more wine exactly. as well. So lots of uh, sort of uh, landmines around holidays. Um, so we're not going to be talking today about those just really basic annoyances. Um, so families have just, year, we've created these ruts, these, these wounds that are deep and just scabbed over until we see each other again. And they can be the most petty thing that will set you off with a family member that would not with another person that you don't have to sort of spend all of your life knowing or, or spending the holidays with. So we're not talking about those common annoyances. We do hope that, because we do take gratitude very seriously, right? We're not just abandoning it for this episode. So we do hope that you can find the gratitude where the gratitude is meant to sort of be yeah. found, you but know, when, the things that are wonderful. Um, so we're talking about the things that really are wrong, that you really do need to respond to, get away from, um, set your boundaries for, right? Or, you know, even have an arsenal of research or things to send people. Um, if it gets that far, mm -hmm. I might be a little nerdy, but occasionally the follow-up email uh, or the follow-up text can be very helpful. It was nice oh. seeing you over Turkey. Here are some articles about, about why you're a jerk. <laughs> right, right. Um, all right. So we are here for positivity, not toxic positivity. We hope you have a holiday and create for yourself a holiday. We hope you're able to um, where you feel loved and supported and appreciated. And if there are people you really, really want to be around who have some behavior that makes you feel unvalued or unwanted. Um, we're hoping to give you uh, a few tiers, I think, of responses to that. So we've got your nuclear response, like, do you just want to burn it to the ground and see what happens because you're sick of it? Um, we've got some more subtle responses. We've got uh, the snark. And we've just got some snark that will just make you feel so satisfied and pleased in your soul, but might not change anyone's behavior because maybe you know that's a lost cause with these people. So what topic do we want to start with that we've heard about and that we also know to be a universal 
or a near universal, unfortunately, um, holidays and holidays. Um, I'm going to have to go with food, right? Because yes. Thanksgiving is full often of food and we all have different dietary needs, different dietary wants, different right. dietary loves. You know, we have the societal norm that we all eat until we explode, um, which we don't have to do either. Fair. Um, yep. But as uh, as an individual who is raising a young child who is uh, in the world of food and females and body shaming and um, different parenting styles, right. yep. um, if you will, sometimes at our house uh, and... I'm just loving watching you tiptoe all around this. I want to say this is why people did not want to come on and talk with their faces and their mouths. That is because they were afraid of who would see it. Um, um, so and, we were taking on those. Me, yeah, but um, yeah. in, actually, I will say that in general, my family can be pretty. I mean, they let my. I, hopefully, my child won't listen to this. But I mean, yeah. they let her eat a steak with her hands, kind of Neanderthal <laughs> style, um, and don't say anything. So the fact that we've you know forgotten to teach her how to use utensils. Um, isn't even a thing that comes up anymore, which is nice. That's nice, yeah. But uh, I do know that not only in our house, but also in many houses, the finish everything on your plate uh, is often the norm. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, don't take what you're not going to eat. And, you know, all of the anxiety that comes with people watching you take food, yeah. watching you eat food, yep. uh, judging how much or how little you take, yes. and then therefore also judging your body and your parenting. I mean, there's so much that goes into mm -hmm. our food choices, especially when they're yeah. very public at a, a giant. Absolutely. Um, all right. So which part of the food stuff do we want to talk about first? Because it is holidays are all about food. Um, all right. The scenario is a family member notices that she has left food on her plate. Uh -huh. And she is also going to get some dessert and she has not right. finished the green beans or the turkey and there's remnants yes. of food on her plate. And you can tell that maybe Aunt Susan is thinking, hmm, Beth, you're going to let her have dessert without right. having her yes. finished her nutritious meal. Slab of ham. Um, yeah. So actually, I think that that this is such an interesting issue because I think people who cooked the food are particularly sensitive about it not being finished. So this both has that kind of generational weight, no pun intended, of you have to, you know, clear your plate, you, you know, other people are starving, you know, this is like, don't waste food, that kind of thing. So I think there's that generational kind of assumption that you should only take what you're going to finish and finish what you take. And then there's the added stress at the holidays of people having prepared something that maybe your child doesn't end up liking or finishing, or maybe they just took too much. And so I think that goes to this kind of personal feelings as well. This is for me, the crux of the problem around the holidays is your first, as far as I am concerned, again, not that kind of doctor, your first um, priority is to protect your child. Correct. Um, and I, I say protect, maybe that's the wrong verb, right? They're not being uh, physically harmed, but they are learning through repetition that this is something they're going to hear around food. And that does make them stressed about food, which makes everything worse. Um, so I, I do understand that there's some personal investment in having people finish their plates at holidays um, before getting desserts. But I think, I think there's a benefit to sampling. So I might say in this imaginary scenario, um, like my kid has just really want, there's so much delicious stuff here. My kid wanted to sample, you know, each of it, and maybe they took a little bit more, um, than they could finish. As my dad would say, my eyes were bigger than my belly, you know? So like there's more on the plate than could be finished, but I don't want to then punish them because of course, every kid is only eating dinner <laughs> so they can get to that beautiful dessert or, you know, array of desserts, depending on how you all celebrate. So I do think, you know, in that case, I would step in and protect my kid from that kind of questioning or that kind of judgment, because it does, I think it weighs on children in a way that people don't realize. And I think certainly in my parents' generation, for example, they were not careful with the way they spoke around us because that just wasn't a thing that parents talked about at that time. Um, so it is new, I think, to um, to aunts, uncles, grandparents, that you do have to sort of speak with care, especially about food. We have a very disordered culture around food. Um, so I think I would first intervene with my child and say, it's okay. 
you know, I got this, go throw that away or whatever, <laughs> give it to the dog. Um, and then explain nicely, as nicely as you can uh, to that family member. And again, I understand there's a depth of um, like scarring or wounding with family members if you're having these conversations over and over. But if they're the kind of person who would be receptive, you haven't had this conversation before, um, I would say at least give them the benefit of the doubt the first time to explain to them, this is why we don't talk about food like that. This is why we don't encourage our kids to eat after they're full. Or, you know, if they have tried a lot of stuff or they don't like it, we don't encourage them or make them eat it. And we don't punish them by withholding dessert in that way. I do, like, and I think your answer there when we were talking about our tiers of answers yeah. Like the sampling answer would be the deflect <laughs> answer, right? Like, I oh, say deflect. No, it's like kindness. It's, it's kindness. Them, it's saying give them that first chance to understand that yes, yes, like they're sampling. They maybe didn't care for something, but they tried it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I do think that you sort of moved on to the next level, which is, you know, this is why we do this in our house, yes, and it's right. because we want, uh, right? We are so no longer used to eating until we're satiated. We eat and eat and eat and eat because that's right. our culture and that's what we do at Thanksgiving. And so, and also on normal days sometimes too, <laughs> right. right? Like you just, you yeah. eat and we've kind of gotten disconnected from the idea that like you eat until you're full yeah. or you eat until your body says like, I'm done eating this. Yeah, and absolutely. when people say things like, Oh, did you save room for uh -huh. like, literally that's what we're trying to teach our children is yes. Mm -hmm. They ate until they were satisfied with yes. what they had eaten. Right. And now they're going to save room or they're going to move on to dessert and they don't have to eat everything on, right. on their plate because right. we aren't going to send it to a third world country. Mm -hmm. We aren't going to feed the poor with it. And I think when we make those kind of casual comments, like the offhanded comment that I think every child and at least my, our generation, our generation for sure. Yeah. You know, well, they're starving children wherever. Yeah, right? Fill in I mean, the blank. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, and we, my parents, Sorry, mom. Um, but my parents always went for like a third world country of some sort. Mm -hmm. But I mean, realistically, they're starving children probably down the street. Two streets down from you. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we're also not bringing them that right. food. Yeah. And so to assume or tell a child that that, you know, that somebody right. else is yep. not getting fed because they're not eating mm -hmm. is a lot of weight that we that don't is, realize we're putting. Of, yeah. I love that way of thinking about it, like taking the moral high ground, right? Like someone else is starving. I'm not going to feed them. I just want to force you to eat that. I mean, that is true. You're absolutely right, like, right about that. Yeah. You're not going to pack it up and walk down yeah. the street to feed the homeless. Like we always knew we weren't going to send it to whatever developing country they were naming that they didn't know shit all about. But right. um, we also know that they are not walking it down the street, like you're saying, or walking it two blocks over uh, right. to people who are literally don't have enough. Right. And, yeah. And but children also internalize a lot of that yeah. um, and then think to themselves like, oh, I am a bad person. Like I am not I'm a bad person because I am not. Right. finishing this corn dog i don't know what else <laughs> girl now i know what your trauma is no, like y'all had dog. corn dogs <laughs> we had no corn dogs trust me i don't even think i knew what a corn dog was until mm -hmm. uh, well yeah y'all were fancy i'm from the south oh i mean we weren't all our shit fancy. Was all our shit was like yeah northerners i mean i guess we kind of were but like y'all yankee yeah we we a little <laughs> bit yankee um but for real like yeah, that yeah. and i don't and i think the flippant offhand comments yes. that adults know aren't meaningful mm -hmm. like they are just trying to get you to eat food right they don't realize that sometimes children's brains interpret that as right. oh wow that must mean i'm a very bad person right. so i yep. shouldn't have dessert and i should punish myself mm -hmm. when i don't do these things right. and then that can turn into a slew of other problems yeah. and i am not that kind of psychologist but i am a psychologist and i do at least know a little bit about how the mind works and adults do need to be a little bit more careful about yeah. how we word stuff mm -hmm. around especially yes. food issues yeah or even just thinking about dessert as a reward or 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 a or a punishment you know right. to, to sort of withhold it from oneself or from someone else as a punishment right like it's, it's a just, really disordered way of thinking about just food yeah. and it's just again it happens to be the order in which we eat food um you know dinner then dessert right. um i will not lie that sometimes in our house don't listen mom stop listening um sometimes we feed harper brownies for breakfast because oh they, my god i know but they literally she's gonna be a sociopath totally um she might be but it won't be because we fed her brownies 
Um, but the brownies were what were stopping her. They're right. Like the crossing that barrier. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, they have as much sugar as a sugary cereal that we would feed her. And some days, if that's what's going to get her out the door to school, that's what she's going to eat. It's a little battle. So you got to figure out which ones and are I worth fighting about. Yeah. Like yep. eating an orange or apple versus a brown. You know, like yeah. whatever. Like it'll 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 work itself out later. It'll um, all come out war, <laughs> or it'll all come out somewhere. Um, why'd you have to go there? I'm gonna go potty talk. You didn't make a poo joke. I did a poop. I'm an English person. I'm not a psychology person. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you know that that's scatological humor. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Ah, doctorate in see see Jonathan's foot. Um, okay. So yeah, absolutely. So should we go to other? Food issues next? I don't or know. Should we, we go to stick on food? Issues? Let's go to child issues okay. because I feel right. like this stems off a big one. Yeah. Um, well, hugging. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Wait. If you had a different one, no, go no, ahead. no, no, no. Go. Yeah. But I was good. thinking yeah. about like the. So this is about protecting hugging. your children. Sounds awful. Protecting your children from your family. No, um, but like, but like making autonomy. sure. Yeah, making sure that you are setting boundaries for them. Uh, at these gatherings where they do they're so tiny and they're like looking up at all these weird people that they you know in a weird house and um they need you to be their advocate they really do and so um so yeah the touching and also please like the the people who have been so wonderful or one of the things we really want to talk about on this podcast everyone's wonderful that we've talked to um but one of the one of the things that we really look up to for people like Siobhan and Tarsha who we've done so far is that they are very good at setting boundaries and that teaches your children to set boundaries when they see you doing it. And so um, if you can step in and insist on boundaries for your child, that is going to make that happen even faster. So I think Siobhan said like, why don't I wait till I was in my forties to start, you know, standing up for myself. And so if you're standing up for your child, you're giving them that head start to, to being able to speak up for themselves and to know that it's not selfish to speak up for yourself. And unfortunately, some of your family is going to think it's rude or think that yes, you're mean absolutely. or that you are, you know, dissing grandma because you're not making your kid give them a hug. There's a lot of ways, again, our tears, our tears of, of interaction that you can go yep. with that. And the yep. first one is when somebody says, oh, come here and give Uncle Jim a kiss and a hug. Like Uncle Jim is probably a fine dude. Like Uncle Jim probably, you know, doesn't kick puppies or something. You know, like right. he probably yeah, is yeah. just a fine upstanding dude. But yep. all those strangers, all the people, no matter how much you love them, even if you're a small child, it's overwhelming. And yes. if you can yep. just step in and say, hey, you know what? You don't have to like hug and kiss yep. Uncle Jim. Do you want to give him a high five or you just want to wave at him? Yep. Um, and give them levels of options yep. of social interaction. That relieves so much anxiety and stress from the chip. Are you a crab right now? Oh, I don't I understand. Um, is this a little mermaid? Have we shifted? Oh, no. Um, when you know, you're playing Pictionary? Aunts that pinch your cheeks, pinch your not pinch your crabs. Um, but the cheek pinching, hugging, kissing right. relatives that kind of come in without that consent. Right. And I know that. Many of you are, are listening and thinking, oh, my God, Beth and Virginia talk about consent so much all the time. But they talk about it with college kids. They talk about with this consent starts before they can talk. Um, and this is a way to start teaching body autonomy that yeah. you get to choose who invades your space, who touches you physically. And we're not talking sexually because everyone's like, oh, but he's not a molester. He's he probably isn't. Right. But also maybe your child isn't really great at wanting to be hugged or right. doesn't want to be touched in that moment. Yeah. And offering them levels of interaction, especially with relatives that they only see once in a while, yep. is so refreshing. And it makes them feel empowered to yeah. set those boundaries that Beth was talking yeah. about and to say, you know what, right now I do just want to give grandpa a high five yes. or a wave from behind your leg or right. you know, something yeah. that doesn't involve making a huge scene about yes, them right. yep. hugging or kissing somebody, yeah. right? And, you know, oh, they're not scary. They're not that like mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. big to do makes, makes it, it worse. so much Absolutely. worse. So yeah. just let it go. And if you're one of those people who really want to hug from a little one and they say no, be okay with that. And yeah. the way you respond to that and their lack of wanting to do that also teaches them a lot about how people should respond when you set a boundary. That's right. And so if you demand it, even after they've said no, or a parent has said, oh, they gave you a high five, it's good. If you keep pushing and demanding, that makes you the jerk. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like if you're listening and you're someone who is from like our parents' generation, I mean, truly who I love my parents very much, but they they're raised a different way from us. And so I just like, let's be clear 
this is just a different way of being and it's more it, it is better for children like research shows yeah research shows and it's better um, as they but, grow up but yeah but here's a tool for you right is if if you see and you're trying to hug a child who you only see once a year only see a couple of times a year and you see them shy away you know don't grab them i think that's the thing is like like you're like oh my god so funny you know like or or they're just but they might actually feel real fear or, or really be overwhelmed in the way that virginia talked about so you know it's a simple tool for you to just say maybe we'll get a hug later maybe we'll cuddle later if you feel more comfortable but for now give me a wave give me a high five that makes you such a safe person for them. Um, so it's really that simple. And I think a lot of people around this issue of talking about using the word consent to talk about children kind of get up in their feelings about it and get defensive, but it really, it's so simple. You know, we don't have to make it into this huge issue. Don't hug a child if they don't want to be hugged. It's just really that simple. Um, and and when you show that you don't make it about yourself, but I want to hug, but what, but my, you know, I always hug, blah, 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 or these kids hug, you know, just don't turn it into a big issue and it doesn't become one. Um, if you're the one who feels sort of rejected by that, by the child not feeling comfortable in that moment. Um, on the other hand, if you're the parent who's trying to teach your children to kind of stand up for their boundaries or you're helping to stand up for those boundaries, practicing that at home before you get there is also really helpful. So giving your kid some tools of what you might say in that instance, um, what the child might suggest if they're comfortable in that instance instead of a hug uh, is really great because truly, I mean, there are just some people who don't love to be touched. This changed my life. I did not realize this until I was in graduate school. I am such a toucher. I like That's touch, a people. Touch, touch people when I talk to them. Like that is the way I connect with people. If people are feeling sad or I feel like they need to feel my affection or love or, or support. I'll put my hand on their shoulder or I'll try to hug them or something. And in grad school, a dear friend of mine just, I mean, God bless her for doing this, said like, or, or she recoiled and I kind of noticed. And I was like, she was like, I just don't really love to touch other people. You know, it was, uh, it was eye-opening for me. It had never occurred to me because I'm a toucher that other people are not. Um, and so sometimes kids are just going to be the ones who grow into those people who don't want to be touched. They're not, they don't have woke parents, right? They're not um, being over the top and empowering their children. They just want their bodies to be their own, you know, and it's very, it's very simple. And I think we can blow it up into this huge issue, but don't be the person who does. Like right? it's just not worth it at all. I mean, don't be the person who gets your feelings hurt by a five-year-old, right? right? Like, cause that yeah. also makes you look a little bad. Um, be the person that says, oh, you know what, maybe we'll read a book later, like Beth said, or maybe we'll yeah. do something else later. But right now, you know, we're good. We're cool. And like, and don't make it, uh, oh, now I'm mad or now I'm upset or like, oh, you hurt grandpa's feelings, right? right? Like yep. grandpa's a grown ass man. Grandpa can handle his feelings. Yes. And if he can't, he needs to go to a therapy, yeah. not get a hug from a fire. And if you want to ensure that you never get a hug, act like that. Right. Exactly. Right. Because then they, you are taboo to them or you're scary to them because you're going to cause a scene every time. Um, and I think there is a performative component to parenting as well. Like you said, like, oh, it's no big deal. Give, you know, in your example earlier, like give, give whoever a hug, don't hide behind my legs. There is a sense in which parents really feel visible um, and almost like a spotlight is on you at these family gatherings that you have to make sure your child behaves in a certain way. And I just, I have felt that pressure. I do not want to, you know, act like I am uh um a superhero in some way who has not felt that like i've absolutely felt that pressure but your child's safety and comfort has got to be more important than your own ego in that moment and it's a hard lesson to learn and it might take you a few times of getting it wrong and that's okay because we're all trying to get better as parents because none of us are perfect um but it can be embarrassing as a parent in that moment when you think for the love of pete you know <laughs> grandpa is going to make an issue out of this just hug the man and get it over with, or just do whatever, you know, it, the issue is at that moment and get it over with. Um, but as Virginia said earlier, like your child remembers that, that goes into their awareness of themselves and and what they're allowed to ask for and what they're allowed to say no to and what they're not. Um, and it goes into people pleasing. And sure, again, yeah. uh, sometimes that gets, uh, I don't want to say bread out of men, but like, mm -hmm. um, men at some point society lets them know that you know, they can still ask for things but they don't have to give things um but oftentimes especially female children or yeah. children that identify as female or real i mean shit all the kids men yeah. girls yeah. boys everybody they want to please people and if hugging you yeah. is going to please you they're going to do that 
but and again i said this wasn't um sexual but here i go um it's not with children but as you get older um if you are somebody who has ever engaged in sexual behavior or engaged in some sort of physical behavior that you didn't necessarily want to because you wanted to make somebody else happy a lot of that stems from these childhood interactions yeah. and behaviors and i know even people in my family will say oh you're overreacting that doesn't happen but it really does yeah. um and yeah. as two folks who have worked with college age folks who have been put in situations where again it's not sexual assault at that moment they're but they're doing something because they're trying to please someone else because that's what somebody else right. wants not what they want they're, they're consenting they're, they're seeming to consent. consenting yes. yeah because that's what they were taught to do as a younger person and again like you're saying it might seem to be like as such a stretch but it really i mean children are learning the world around them and they're watching us to teach them you know how to how to navigate that world and so whatever autonomy and freedom you can give them is wonderful in that moment and how you can teach them to set boundaries and and some people would be like oh am i not allowed to change their diaper or should i let them run into traffic there are these absurd you know um counter supposed counter arguments against it um but hopefully you hear the absurdity of that i think We've like we've turned this into this big thing, this idea of consent for children or for anyone. Um, we've turned it into this big thing, and really, it's just as simple as, hey, you don't have to do what you don't want to do, right? There's there is no parenting goal that you're reaching by forcing your small child to be physically engaged with someone in their family that they don't want to. One of the best ways you can teach your child to protect themselves is to teach them to trust their instincts, right? Yes. If their instinct is I don't really want to be around this person right now. You, they've got to trust that, you know, and instead it's of not, having a fear of authority. Right. And it's not just going to lead them down the wrong path. Creepy yeah. or that person's bad. It's just they don't want to be around that person at the moment. And sometimes you don't even know why it is that your child doesn't right. want to yep. be around that person. Maybe somebody's beard is scratchy. Maybe yes. their hands oh. hurt. Maybe they have dry skin. Yeah, like, I remember that as a child, the scratchy beard. Yeah. Like yes, so many so different much. things. Yeah. And like, just let it go yeah. and just let them be. In my opinion, it is always best to err on the side of being the advocate for your kid. Um, there is really no harm that's going to come to your child from that. Yes. You might feel uh, the repercussions from family or other people, but you're a grown-ass person, so that's you can right. handle that. Um, whereas your child often might not be able to handle that in a healthy way. Yeah, I think that's the number one thing, though, for all family interactions is, and this is why I tell my kids all the time, if they are worried about what they're teacher or their coach thinks that person is an adult they're responsible for their own feelings right and so if they think that something has gone wrong and you know you haven't done anything wrong then you just got to not care I mean truly and so I know that's I'm sounding so glib right now like oh just don't care about that decades old family you know wound that you're picking at and I know it's not that easy but when you're teaching your child to make their life easier it is important to tell them over and over again, like adults are responsible for their own feelings um, and they're responsible for their own reactions. And so if they get upset about something, that's their job to work through it. Now, of course, we all know, like, it's your job as the parent to step in and, and work through it with them because they're not going to drop it, likely, if they made an issue of it. Um, but I think it's really important to teach children, like, that. that's not your job. That is not your burden to carry if somebody was upset with you. Did you do anything wrong? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So let them deal with that on in their own way, you know, because adults are not perfect. No. And uh, and, and the people they love are not the people perfect. they absolutely love <laughs> and idolize. Yeah, are not perfect. And and we don't expect our kids to be perfect. And we um, don't expect anyone else to be either. But we do have to protect our kids from feeling um, like they have to carry the weight of that emotional responsibility when adults who have um fully formed frontal cortexes for example have to That's deal with their own science for grown-ass people <laughs> have to deal with their own shit right like you don't make a six-year-old deal with your shit like you deal with it um okay so we're on kids let's do one more kids okay, topic go for because it. people have a couple of our friends have talked to us about this and and someone emailed us about kids who want to use a different pronoun or a different name then they use the last time they saw the person that they're or the family members that they might see over a holiday break. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about some of your suggestions for how to deal with that particular hurdle? I mean, really, my suggestion is 
use their pronoun and <laughs> like the suggestion is really easy yeah. it's do what they asked you to do even if it's hard for you um mm -hmm. and if you do mess up or you make a mistake yeah you mm -hmm. sincerely apologize yeah. and tell them you'll do better right um but don't misgender them or misname them and then say oh that's just so hard or it's too hard because yeah. again you're a grown-up it's not that hard people get married right. all the time and you call them by a different last name right. people have nicknames all of these things right. are completely normalized in our society mm -hmm. and so just assume or figure that it's a nickname yeah. or if that's how you need your adult brain to remember right. it right. But you don't need to put your issues with gender yes. or sexuality yes. or gender issues. Or back Again, in my day, we didn't do this. No one needed that or whatever. Like, yep. okay, if that child wants to go by a different name, again, your beliefs are irrelevant at that moment. Absolutely. You're not teaching that child anything other mm -hmm. than you are a giant asshole. Mm -hmm. That is what you're teaching that child, that right. I will not do this because I'm a jerk. Right. Really, and I don't mean to say asshole, but really, that's what it is. You did mean to say that. I did mean actually. to. You're right. I absolutely did. But they're children, and yeah. even you know what we're talking about children. It doesn't matter how old they are. They could be 18. They could come yeah. home at 21. It doesn't matter what age yes. you are. When somebody says, "Please call me this," and use these pronouns, you simply do it yeah. because they requested it, and that's what you do and i know that some of you are thinking well it's the same thing with a hug if i request a hug i should get a hug no right. like, they're not asking you to do anything physically at all they're right. simply asking you to change your words to make them feel better right how hard is that yes it's yeah. not hard at all it's actually very easy it's one of the i mean so many of the things that we'll talk about today right it's like we blow it up into this huge thing and, and the only reason we do that is because of our own ego Right. Like, I don't I don't understand that or I don't agree with that. Therefore, I'm going to make this into an issue. So if you are someone who is uncomfortable with the name and pronoun change, I understand that that feels new to you. I understand that you might think it's only a phase. Um, I understand that you might think uh, perhaps you feel like there are religious reasons you don't want to do that. But I promise you, it is so simple to just respect what a, what a person wants to be called. There is nothing more important to us. And this is why I think we started with these things, right? There's nothing more important to a human being than their bodily autonomy and their name, who they are. I mean, it's, it's, it's central. It goes to the heart of who a human being is. So it doesn't, it doesn't affect you really to call them a different name. It might feel weird. You might mess up a lot. But if they know you're trying, that means the world to them. And I, and I promise there is no point you need to make that is more important than your connection with this person in your family if you truly love them. If um, they're at your house yeah. for a holiday or a meal, it means they're part of your people. Yeah. And I don't think anyone wants to alienate their yeah. people. And you can right. have political discussions and all of that with grown-ups and adults disagree and all that all stuff. Long. Yeah. And you can yeah. even disagree with adults that want to be called something different. But right. when you're having that argument, you call them what they asked to be called. Right, right. Um, and have that understand conversation, yes. even if you don't understand. And maybe realize that much, and again, not to get deep in like racism and all that stuff, yeah. but like much like racism and other things, it's actually not their job to educate you Right. about their decision or anything like yeah. they they don't have that responsibility is not theirs that yep. that responsibility is solely on you if you are uncomfortable religiously if you are uncomfortable with this in different ways you need to do some research you need to do some soul searching because they have clearly made a decision yeah and whether or not you agree is irrelevant Completely at that point. Irrelevant. it yeah. is yep. on you to learn and understand and either accept or don't but if you're not going to accept them i think you really need to look deeply into whether or not that person really is that important right. to you are you using the word love really recklessly in that case like if you love a person you let them be who they are they're not hurting anyone else and i think if they do take the time to educate you i hope that you're grateful for that because that means that they love you and they trust you too to at least listen and to understand. But Virginia is absolutely right. Like you, it is your job to do the research about that. If you know before they come to your house that they are using a different name or a different pronoun, it's your job to just figure out why that might matter to them or 
or don't do your research. Just call them what they want to be called. Know, right? like, it it doesn't even have all to turn of into stuff, this. All of this stuff gets built up into these huge issues. And it really is so simple. And again, when you do something that simple, it feels very simple to call someone by a new name, to call someone by a different pronoun. It builds, you can't imagine how much trust it builds with that person. Uh, this is a person who goes into the world fearful of how they will be seen, how they will be received, how they will be called. If you are a safe space for them, that means the world. And if it's a phase, again, I cannot say this strongly enough, who cares? If it is a phase and they go back to whatever name you knew them by, then go back to that name. It is the simplest thing in the world. Um, this is not a culture wars issue. It this is, is a humanity. family issue. This is an issue of love and of respecting the people that you claim to love. It's that simple. Um, so I hope that, and as parents, we've got to, I mean, I think the same with the food issues. I think just change the nouns, right? Change the conflict. It is still your job. And I know so many parents who put their foot down about this. So I'm not, you know, I'm not suggesting that many parents would be like, just let them call you this old dead name, you know, over Thanksgiving or over their holidays. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you really, in that case, you've got to be the advocate for that child. And I have to say, you know, like we're talking about serious issues here. We're talking about identity. We're talking about people who don't feel a place in the world anymore. And maybe if they don't get acceptance from their family, sort of don't want to live anymore, right? Like this is a true, an extreme isolation that I think none of us, if we've not been through it, can really truly imagine. We can read about it. We can research it. Yeah, right? absolutely. We can talk to people who, feel who have, yeah. But I mean, if you if you feel not seen as the person that you know you are, um, that can send you into a spiral. And so I hope you will do the very simple thing of either respecting what people want to be called and how they want to be called or standing up for the people in your family who want to be called that. And again, you don't have to be the parent. Sometimes the parent's a bad guy, right? Like right, yep. Sometimes the parent <laughs> is the one who is not respecting that. And you, as a cousin, as a sibling, as uh, a friend of the family, can just step in and model. Right. And you, you don't feel have uncomfortable to stop confrontation. And say, yeah. Bob, yep. don't do that. Yep. You just, again, like Beth just said, yeah. model that behavior. Just right. use the right name, use the right pronouns. If you're telling a story about that person from the past, yep. use their current pronouns and their current name. Yep. Um, and sometimes if you're unsure, right? Like if yep. somebody comes and you're not sure if they've changed their pronouns or names, yeah. simply asking is very respectful. Yep. And the answer might be no. Like I'm, yeah. I don't like, but thanks for asking. Um, nobody will be offended by you asking what they prefer to be called yeah. or what they, and again, it's not even their preference. It's what their name, it's what they are. Right. Called. Right. Um, we don't, I don't know if anyone's really gone down this road, but we don't actually choose our names, right? Our parents or our birth parents or whoever, right? Like yeah. our, our grownups in our life chose our names Yep. and some of us love them. Some of us don't, some of us go by nicknames. But it's not something that you should feel that connected to mm -hmm. that, like, I cannot call you another thing because this is who you are right. because it's kind of arbitrary. Even if you're named after great grandpa, arbitrary. Like, yeah, yeah. after great grandpa Jim and your great grandpa Jim the third or whatever, right, yeah. like sudden side note, please don't name your child great grandpa Jim the third. That's not a name. That's not a thing. Um, you can totally do that if you want to, though. Um, but then please respect your child's. I don't, I don't respect your decision. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, the idea, yeah. just, again, the simple idea being like our names are something that are very personal to us. And yeah. some of us very much love our name and some of us don't, that just doesn't fit. And it's not an affront to anybody <laughs> right. who named you. It's just what you feel in your soul. I mean, shit, I went by ginger for like two years and I mean, do I regret that deeply? Yes. But it was just because I didn't feel right in my skin and yeah. I was trying something else out and yeah. it failed miserably. But at the same time, everybody called me that, right? right? Like there was because I was a cisgendered teenager, right? And I said, you know, my name's Virginia. Please call me. You know, I go by Ginger. Everybody called me Ginger for two years. Right. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. No one questioned me. And then I was like, yeah, that sucked. Like, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> um, and I went back to Virginia, which was also fine with everybody. Right, yeah. And it was not even a question in our house or with my friends or family or anybody. And it really was that simple. And it should be that simple for everybody, yeah. no matter what age or 
reason or no one owes you an explanation. As adults, we have to work on our own triggers and why we react like out of proportion to a thing that's been asked of us. So don't hug my child. Don't call me the same anymore. Please call me this other name. They're, they're really simple acts. And if we overreact to that as adults, we've got to figure out what's, what's causing us to overreact in that way and handle our own shit. I mean, we cannot put that on a child or any person who is dealing with a shift in identity. I mean, that, that is taxing enough. I promise you, (laughs) I promise you, it is so hard to go through that. And again, I don't know personally, um, but having seen friends, loved ones, students, uh, go through that process, knowing and no one's doing it for funsies, you know, because it is miserable. It really is hard to be afraid in every new social setting that people aren't going to respect or acknowledge you or worse are going to attack you. You'll come to know them as this new name and pronoun and they will, the, the respect and love they will feel for you for providing that safe space for them in a world that's very hostile um, is insurmountable. I mean, th- there's nothing like it. So I hope that you'll at least try, even if this feels really, really foreign to you. Um, this is a podcast about gratitude and love and acceptance. And so I, I hope that you will try to practice that and see that no harm comes to you or that person, quite the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and even again, I know we're talking specifically about children right now, but even if that person is a, an adult, like even more so almost than because they have really spent a lifetime struggling with these things. And it's, yeah, it's just so simple and so easy. And there's so much rhetoric out there about how terrible and horrible it is, but also not to pull the research card again, but research shows that no matter what, when we respect people, um, their pronouns, their names, their nicknames, any of that, they're happier and they're, they are less likely to engage in self-harming behaviors. And so the more love and the more understanding or attempting to understand the better. And again, like Beth said, if, if you realize that it's triggering you for some reason, like maybe it's time for you to go to therapy. Yeah, absolutely. It's so simple. I mean, we build all these things up and it's like the default for all of us should be to love the people, love and support the people around us. I mean, if they're doing something that harms themselves or others, we step in. But but having a different name than what you're used to, having a different pronoun than what you're used to, not feeling like a hug is not harm. And if you perceive it as harm, it is your view that is skewed. I really beg you, like, try to understand it as not about you. Try to understand it as something that someone you love needs from you. And um, and give it to them. Yeah, the love and trust that you build is 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 going to be so worth it. And, and you won't feel that. I mean, for me also, I see people who are really angry about this stuff. And I feel like, how is that inner turmoil good for you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, and it, it really, it doesn't affect you really at all. The only way it affects you is if this person cuts you out of their life because you refuse to respect them. Um, so, so let go of that anger, or that you know, questioning, or that um, in like being indignant that people would dare to change their name or their pronoun. Let go of that, and you will be a happier person, <laughs> um, and you will see the kind of love that opens up for you and, and the people you care about in the world. Yeah, agreed. Yep. All right. All right. Oh, yikes. We both said all right at the same time. All right. We're moving on. That's the moving on symbol. Um, Keep on keeping on. You know, traditionally, I would say for girls, but I would say for it's increasingly true for boys now as well, is don't comment on their bodies or calories of what they're eating. Just please take that out of your vocabulary, Mm -hmm. um, at least for the holidays, if not forever. Um, because it, oh man, it sticks in there. You mentioned people's bodies or, oh, you've gotten bigger or like just things that you think are harmless or, or even complimentary. Right. Right. And you don't know what you are or are not complimenting at the holidays as somebody who, again, mom, sorry, I'm saying it in public, but as somebody who has struggled with an eating disorder, most of my life those things stick and you will ruminate about them. And if you are somebody who is losing weight because you're very ill or something else is going on in your life, 
and people keep telling you how beautiful you look or how amazing it you look since you've lost all that weight yes really what that does is double down on your eating disorder and also think well like maybe being sick is good for me yep. like maybe like people like me better this way so maybe yeah. i don't want to get healthy maybe i don't want to solve whatever health right. mystery i'm having because other people yep. are perceiving me as pretty and i like that feeling maybe i'm worth more in the world as a sick person than as a healthy person i mean think about that that's that is wild because we associate health with thinness and illness or immorality with being larger and so i there are so many ways we could intervene in those conversations we don't have time for i'm sure we'll do a podcast oh, no, like, we, will. we don't have time for all of that but um when we say don't comment on people's bodies we we don't just mean it in a negative way right we also mean it in a positive way unless i guess if they start the conversation like i feel really beautiful or i feel like i look great right now or i I love this about myself. That's a great time to step in and support someone, right? right? But unsolicited but, yes. comments about bodies, period. Yes. If you can't think of something to say about somebody about who they are as a compliment, yeah. then you don't know them very well. Yeah. Um, and if all you have to say is, oh, you're beautiful or, oh, look at that or twirling your dress or like all those <laughs> stupid things we say to people. Um, yeah. Like if you can't think of wow, what book are you reading? That's really right. great. You're yeah. intelligent. You're smart. You're all of these things. Like if you can't think of a compliment that is not about their appearance, keep your mouth shut. That's on you. Yeah. Something I tell my students all the time, for the love of God, just be interesting. <laughs> like there's nothing more boring. I think, you know, this is a hard one, again, for people who are used to that being the go-to compliment. You look great. You look beautiful. Or if you think someone looks like, oh, my God, God forbid, fatter, then the last time you saw them to be like, oh, those are nice shoes, right? Like you don't, you just don't have to say any of that stuff. I will say as a mother of a son as well, you know, boys are catching up, unfortunately, when it comes to body dysphoria and dysmorphia, right? So they are there's this huge protein kick. They want to have a six pack abs. They want to, I mean, when we were kids back not. in my <laughs> day, like Halloween costumes didn't have abs on them. You know, you were just a superhero if you had the cape. Uh, so I think uh, that it can be really dangerous territory, whether it's children, whether it's adults to comment on people's bodies. So I hope that you will, um, I hope that you'll refrain in so many families and so many generations. I think that's just the go-to. That's what you say. So I would encourage you, um, to think about, can you, if you really want to give a compliment, if that's how you greet someone, can you talk about how quickly they got there? What cool things they've done since you saw them last? I saw on social media that you did ABC. That's amazing. You know, so anything other than just the strictly superficial stuff that, um, especially for children sticks in their head, but Lord knows we all still care. I mean, Virginia, oh, we still carry it from our childhood. Absolutely. Um, it does not go away. And you all know every single person listening to this knows that it's carried over from their childhood. We're not bashing healthy people, but there are healthy people with different body shapes. So all we're really saying is it's not about being healthy or not being healthy. Yeah. It's just about not commenting on people's bodies because you don't know anything about them. They are not coming to you with their blood work and showing <laughs> yep. you how healthy or not healthy they are. And That's you right. cannot look at somebody's body and tell how healthy they are. You simply yeah. cannot. And if yep. you think you can, you email me and I will send you that lovely email that has all of the research that suggests that that is bullshit yeah. um, in a more sciencey way and in peer reviewed yeah. journals and whatnot. Right. But you just simply can't tell that. And so to comment on it, you don't know what you're actually either praising or discouraging. Yeah. And you could actually be doing a lot of harm. Yeah. And so Absolutely. again, much like using people's names and not commenting on their food, just don't do it. And if you think it's going to be a struggle, like if you're listening to this and you're like, well, wow, I can't think of anything nicer to say to Aunt Jenny. Like, I don't know what to say. Maybe make that your car ride. Like, you know, how sometimes families play games in the car. Like, let's play. What cool things has Aunt Jenny done? And, you know, come up with things that are not uh, related to body or looks yeah. or any of that. Aunt Jenny, welcome to our home. If you were any insect, what insect would you be? Right. Like any please try that. Please record it and send it to me. I want to see it. Okay. I do kind of want to yeah. know what some insects they want to be down. But um and, yeah, it's it's better. You do better. Like, why do we need a podcast talking about this? Because the literal thing is just like let people live. Like it's so simple and we've built so many barriers to it. We're saying don't greet people like this, don't comment on that like throughout the day, all of those things. But mm -hmm. also 
And here's the kicker. When they leave, <laughs> don't talk about them with everybody else. And I know that's going to be another one that's hard for people because that's people's go-to sometimes is as soon as uh, I keep, I don't know where I'm getting all these aunts, but like Aunt Karen, Aunt Jenny, like all these aunts are coming yeah. over for some reason. But, um, and I don't even really have many aunts. But anyhow, um, yeah. aunts or whoever, when they leave, it's like, oh my God, did you see that? The, like, so even if you can restrain yourself from yeah. mentioning it when they're there, as soon as they leave, that becomes Let a topic go. of conversation. Let it, go. Let it go. And also, if people start going there, deflect. Or if you're feeling pretty sassy, directly point out that that's not a conversation you're willing to have to be like huh why is that funny right like why did you just say that and it and it stops people in their tracks to be like why is that so funny and they have to be like well because i'm a racist you know like they don't want to say that they don't want to acknowledge that they want to share it and they want to sort of perform for you and and like show off right and if nobody so, laughs they say oh i'm just kidding if nobody laughs honestly i've given presentations to and I've had men ask me like, well, but what if you're not a leader and people really aren't going to listen to you if you confront them directly? And I'm like, the biggest thing you can do to someone in that moment, if you don't feel like a confrontation, which is fair, we all have limited emotional energy, truly, is just don't laugh. All they want is your approval. So imagine someone saying something nasty about someone else after they left and the whole room is just quiet. What they want is your approval. They want you to join in. They want to pile on. And if you respond with silence, if that's what you've got the spoons for that day, that works. If you're like, uh-uh, I listen to this badass podcast. I'm ready to fight. Then you say, well, why do you say that? Like, why does that matter? Isn't she a nice person? Uh, why does it matter that she has a big butt or or this or that? Right? Or that like, she got bigger or smaller. Yes. Or like, why is why is that even interesting? Be more interesting. But it it will it, it arrests people in that moment to be like, oh God, I'm the asshole. You know, I'm not creating a pile on that I wanted to create. Um, so it, it does work. So you can be someone who doesn't like confrontation, who still intervenes right. effectively in these situations. Is yeah. golden. Silence is, I mean, it is paralyzing to people who crave approval. Uh, I will say holidays are a trap. Oh. Holidays are a trap around food. Here is all of this food. I heard some ridiculous statistic the other day. I swear I'm going to make it up. But like, um, and I am, this is not far from the truth that like the average person on, on Thanksgiving consumes just in the meal, not including breakfast, not including a sandwich later, whatever you're going to eat, something like 6,000 calories, right? In that meal. It is a trap. So you are invited to someone's home. To eat. All of this food is there. Um, and, and they invite you to their home to eat and then they shame you for what you eat. Like, that's not okay. It's a total trap. They invite you to, to their home or you invite them to your home. There's this beautiful, wonderful food that people have spent so much time over and, and culture is communicated through food. It's so central to, to bonding. It's so, it's so central to bonding, but then to turn around and shame you for it. Um, it's completely a trap. And so don't allow yourself to be shamed by that trap. I hope that you eat what's there that brings you pleasure. You don't eat what does not bring you pleasure. And you talk back right. to the people who would stop you and from feeling that other pleasure. Yum. I yeah. mean, if someone's going to eat the canned cranberry, let them eat the canned cranberry. Don't eat it. Don't eat um, it. But I'm just saying, like, if you're going to mock somebody, that would be the thing to mock them for. Just My kidding. husband's a vegetarian. <laughs> I can't tell you how many years we've had the tofurkey. And, you know, people would, like, make a point of, like, poking at this weird thing. And, like, uh, and so you know, just do, do what brings you joy. And they're always going to have shit. I mean, they're, it's always going to, I mean, like, but fight about football, right? like, yeah, yeah. sport ball. My dad, that. my dad and I are going to fight about politics. Um, and I am going to be furious at him, but I'm also gonna be glad he's still alive because fundamentally our relationship is a good one. It's not toxic. And I am, I know that I'm fortunate and not even necessarily the norm. I know so many people have these really just festering wounds in their families and with their loved ones that are just, they have cruelty in their family. They have abuse in their family. They have, you know, people who really get joy out of not respecting their boundaries, not just that they don't know better, but they get joy out of not, you know, respecting their boundaries. And, and if that is you, I hope 
whether you are single or a parent or, you know, have your family of your own, that you will find new traditions and create new traditions that make you feel valued because we only live once. You you deserve, you deserve to feel loved. You you certainly don't deserve to, to be abused by people who should be loving you. Agreed. Yeah. And I do like, and Beth just, uh, again, trigger. Um, but (laughs) she was saying how, you know, that's all right. Um, but again, the flip side of that, right. Is Beth was saying like, you know, I'm glad he's still alive because we have these things. And there's a lot of people, myself included, and my family who are going into this holiday wanting to love and be cherished and and we're missing a huge chunk of our our heart um my father passed a couple years ago uh and so we've kind of gradually like moved on not god that sounded terrible not moved on but like we've accepted that and we know we know that but this will be the first year that we don't have my brother at the table and he's a big personality he brought a lot to the table uh and including like the turkey and all the food so we may we might actually starve because i'm not sure anyone else knows everything he literally brought all the things um it's gonna be a struggle for us to make this uh, a festive holiday but we we want to do that and we want to respect him but it there's gonna be some weirdness um and so for those of you who are embracing some some awkward weirdness this holiday um i'm with you and maybe we'll have a podcast next year about how to handle that because this year I have no freaking idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any I'm words glad you brought wisdom. that up. No, but it's so important. Um, it is like not just about who's there and the way they're acting, but who's not there. Which chairs are empty this year? I mean, that weren't last year. I mean, that's. I mean, and if you have any good advice for how we're going to navigate that, that would be awesome. The only thing I could think of, of course, was to poke fun at my uh, can cranberry eating husband and buy like a. Um, there's like this very nice dish set now that says like can berry and it has a, a little um, fork that says like slice with me or whatever. Like, and so I literally, like I bought it the other day cause I was like, you know what, this holiday is going to be weird and let's make fun of Bring something. Bring the joy you can. Like, yep. let's make fun of something that again, isn't personal, yeah. but a yeah. personal affront to my husband yes. that he eats like nasty canned cranberry. Um, but maybe I should try it. I haven't even tried it. I just automatically assume it's nasty. But um, it's it's probably not. But also in our family, we have like aunt so and sorry, mom, aunt so and so, grandma so and so. I'm not sure. I think it's Aunt Margaret's uh, cranberry sauce that my mother slaves over, and my husband will eat that too. Hmm. But because she loves Mark and my mother loves Mark, she yeah. will also get him the canned cranberry, yeah. and we will joke about it. And so my way of bringing levity without my brother was like, maybe this will bring us a little bit of joy because yeah. he eats that nastiness. Yeah. But we won't comment on his body or him eating it. Um, right. We will just comment on the fact that it exists, period, as a product in the world that he should works. not exist. We all have issues with our spouses. That's true. That are petty as hell. Right. And my spouse is quite delightful He's um, in so many ways. Um, and I just, I love yeah. him at minus the cranberry thing. All right. Anything else we want to talk about? Is there anything else on our list? I mean, I feel like, okay, we covered the emails that we got. Yep. We covered other things. Some tangential things that were brought up by Louise. Oh, drinking. We were going to talk about drinking. Yes. Okay. I mean, I don't know what to talk about because I am a drinker. Right. Yeah. So I like, again, how about this? Respect your sober relatives. Um, Do not try to coax them into drinking. Make sure that there is more than water for yep. them to drink. Absolutely. Um, don't just say, oh, well, I don't know. Here's all the beer and wine. But, yeah, I guess there's a bottled water up in there somewhere or whatever. Or, like, here, you can have this Pellegrino that's been opened and, like, is no longer fizzy because that's a thing. Um, yeah. Make sure that you have fun drinks for people who are not drinking. Yes. Make sure that um, you are all being safe and nobody is driving after right. drinking. Yeah. I mean, all the regular things that people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. but also there's sometimes when you have to navigate people drinking a bit too, too much. much. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that can be difficult. And I don't, I don't know, maybe this is where I've hit the end of our advice I mean, I <laughs> or how I would deal with it. Like, I don't know how you deal with someone who drinks too much. How do you intervene in that? Um, this podcast could have been five minutes long which is respect other people's choices, respect other people's wishes about themselves. And if there's somebody that you used to drink a whole bottle of Jack with at the holidays and now they don't want to, um, don't you know, push it. yeah, why, why do you care? I mean, I know 
all of it comes down to, and I'm not the psychologist at this table, but like all of it comes down to your own insecurities. Like it doesn't affect you if someone else doesn't drink. If you still choose to drink, then you drink. Like it's not the, it's just who you are and it's who they are now. Um, but you've got to respect other people's choices. I think people from our generation, our parents' generation, so often, unfortunately, need to drink to be comfortable or, or look forward to these occasions when they drink. And I'm not shaming that, but I, I think in turn, you should not shame, you cannot shame those people who have chosen not to drink this holiday. Um, because there's a reason for it. If it's a conscious choice, like there is a reason for it. And, and you don't need to know that if they trust you with that reason, I hope you feel special privileged and, yeah and love, to hear that you don't deserve yeah. an explanation right for everybody's right. behavior like it, no thanks i want some water or ooh, is that sprite mixed with watermelon syrup with a it, cucumber in it you know like something like with some rosemary sprig you know like if okay now we're options, getting like hipster uh i'm sorry i love a rosemary too. sprig I, like and I love a cucumber drink I love I really good, do. I love a good rosemary sprig too. A basil, yeah. little basil. But we're gonna skate past like the alcoholism issues and like things. Because where it's a disease. I mean, it's that's, a disease. It's a very addiction. Yeah. Maybe we'll cover yes. addiction at some point. But in terms of people who are drinking, perhaps to excess when to handle a social situation, right. yep. and people who are not drinking, again, as Beth said, it comes down to respecting people's uh, their their choices right. and. Yeah. Again, if you do have alcoholism in the family, that is a different podcast and a yeah. different thing. We are just talking about people who maybe imbibe a bit too much yes. um, or don't want to imbibe at all. So, yeah. yep, absolutely. I mean, if they do Certainly. imbibe too much and fall asleep on the floor, you just put a blanket on them and give them a pillow. Yes, if they imbibe too much and try to drive somewhere, that's when you intervene. Yeah, obviously. you take their keys and yeah, then you put yeah. the blanket on them and, and give them a pillow. Don't let them do whatever they want to do because what's our standard? Does it hurt themselves or someone else? Yes. Um, stand yeah. up for people. Be silent if that's your go-to, but don't be a bystander and let yes. somebody else hurt intentionally somebody right. you love. Right. Absolutely. And and expand your expand your definition of hurt. Right. Like if someone's boundaries are violated, that's a form of hurt, especially if that is a person entrusted to your care. Um, so so step in for those people. So overall. We hope you set the boundaries you need to set for yourself and for the for the people that you love. Um, for some of us, that's going to be a little more passive. For some of us, we're like, let's go, right? Like, I think Virginia and I are those people like, oh, we going to fight about this? Like, yeah, let's talk I'm about right. it because I, we're 100% out in the open. Like, here's what I feel. Here's what matters to me. And you're not going to step on that. So right. And don't think I do not bring an, like a bag full of research articles because I can't even look that shit up online. I'm like, here is the hard copy, single-sided, in case you want to take notes on the other side. But And here's a copy for everyone. At the she table. loves research, but she hates trees. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yes, but, but it's true. Like, whatever your mode of fighting back is, um, we support you in that. We just hope that you will set boundaries for yourself. Um, because you deserve to feel loved and celebrated and you deserve to have your choices supported um, as long as they don't hurt you or anyone else. So I hope that everyone has the most beautiful holiday. Um, uh, if we've missed an issue, because you didn't email us, uh, if we've missed an issue that you really wanted to talk about, that you'll send it to us because we've got all kinds of bonus episodes coming up. Um, and I just want to reiterate that this podcast is not in existence because we love to hear ourselves talk. It is absolutely dependent on you all engaging. Loving to hear us talk. Right. Well, that, <laughs> but engaging with us, right? Like we could sit in this room with zero computers and zero headphones and zero cameras and just talk about what we believe all day long. And that would be what the last 20 years of our life is. Yes. Together. We have exhausted that possibility. So what we want is for you all to engage with us. Tell us what you want to hear. Um, tell us who you want to celebrate. Uh, Do you know somebody? Yes. You probably know all, all of you know somebody, but if you know somebody who really is deserving of just a shower of love, yes, um, we would like to know. And not only would we like to know, we would like to shower them yep, that's um, right. in a very appropriate way with words and love. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to celebrate the people that you want to be celebrated. So um, this is not a sort of screaming into the abyss podcast. We want to hear from you. We want you to leave comments on our Facebook, on our Instagram. Um, we want you to email us at welcome to your funeral podcast at gmail.com. Um, there is a form on our Instagram that's pinned 
where you can nominate someone and tell us why we should throw a funeral for them. Um, so please interact with us. I mean, we're teachers right. that we're the engaged. The students that pay yes. for our classes, they have to listen to what we want to talk about. But you guys don't have to listen to our predisposed or our predispositions to talk about um, all the things that we are passionate about right because we can be passionate about a lot of things and there might be things out there that we don't even know we're passionate about yes and yep. we might be super fired up about it so right. Absolutely. let us hear so please like we're here to sort of share our experiences with you but we also want you to educate us um, we, so please please share with us what you would like to hear and see from us but also my life motto we do want to hear from you but don't be a dick it's really easy yeah. Just be, we want to hear, not just like, yeah, you're great. We want to hear what you want to talk about. Yeah. But also like, just avoid being a complete jerk. Like, but it's if easy. You, if you do choose to be a dick, despite that warning, um, I, I just want you to understand that our level of pettiness, and I want to go back to this idea that we're not toxic positivity. Our level of pettiness uh, runs wide and deep. Oh, uh, So if we get a nasty comment from you, um, we'll delete it. But that's not the only thing we'll do. So I'm just going to leave it there, right? We dun, dun, dun. It takes zero money to yep. be nice yep. or to be kind. Choose not to be a dick. It's free dollars. Free dollars. Free dollars. Um, thank you so much for listening to us. I have to say, I'm sure we'll say it on all of our episodes for the month of November too, but I have been so humbled by the response to this podcast. Like we, I was literally in tears. It was so sweet. I was in tears when we hit published on our first four podcasts because it's so emotional to me. It's so imp personally important to me to put this into the world. And again, we're not talking to ourselves talk. I think it's important. I think we all need some positivity. Um, and so I just, every time someone has sent us a nice message about what we're doing or every time we've looked at our number of downloads, which has been enough more than we expected. More than I expected. Yes. More than our mothers. <laughs> it was not just her mom and my mom. Um, it has been so humbling and so reaffirming. And I just, I'm so grateful that you continue to listen. And I hope you will continue to listen and, and interact with us to make us better, to make us more sort of in tune with what you like to hear. I hope that you will share our podcast with others who you think would be interested in it um, and leave us a like and a review and, and subscribe so that we can keep doing this because it's awesome. And we like, it's fun you. for us. We yeah. love you and we love each other. And time that we get to spend together really is important. So just as a side note, Beth, I appreciate you. And I am thankful Aww. that you are my friend. Thank you. I'm thankful that you're my friend too. And I actually mean that. No, I know. Like I genuinely 100%. mean that. 100%. Yes, absolutely. All right. We will see you next time on the Welcome to Your Funeral podcast. With Beth and Virginia. That's right. Go out experience joy and set some boundaries.